and welcome back to another episode of Talk Like a Fan. I'm your host, Estelle Clapham, and joining me again this week is the amazing Isabel Russo. Hey, Isabel, how are you? Hi, Estelle. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm amazing. I'm currently in Vienna, um, so I was lucky enough to go to the Grand Prix this weekend. So as I've just announced, (laughs) we're uh, reviewing the Austrian Grand Prix. So yeah, it was really, it was awesome. What a race to go to. I'm so jealous. I love that track and what an exciting, wild race that was. And how was it being there? Were you, did you have seats where you felt like you could see a lot? What was going on? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I absolutely love the track and watching it on television, you're always like, isn't it just such a beautiful area um, and such a beautiful track to watch? And I actually didn't realize how like short the track actually is because on TV it seems quite lengthy and you know they tell you what it is in kilometers and miles or whatever but to me that means nothing I have no idea of distance of measurement (laughs) but like I had the most amazing seats where I could literally see everything I could see there's only one point towards I think the end basically just near turn 10 that I can't see because it was blocked by trees but I mean, I could see basically the whole track, which was just incredible because you missed nothing really. That's really amazing. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And what a beautiful part of the world to be watching the Grand Prix. Yeah. And to be there with a huge amount of fans. I mean, especially the, uh, the Dutch fans, they're really out in support at Red Bull Ring. I mean, it looked like it had such an energy and such a level of excitement that, um, that you miss when there aren't fans in the stands. Yeah, it was incredible. I was in um, what they called the Red Bull Tribune stand. Um, so obviously I was surrounded by Red Bull fans. I wasn't right in the center where all the, the Dutch fans were, but definitely surrounded by Red Bull, Red Bull fans. And I was one of the, um, actually, surprisingly, I was, although I was the only one really in McLaren Geertz, uh, and we could probably talk about this a bit later, but the amount of support for Lando is crazy. I think he's their second favorite driver. I think Max is a definite first, but Lando is is their second. Like people were stopping me because I was wearing my McLaren hat saying like, Lando, Lando, number two, number two. And this was on Saturday, obviously, when he had qualified in second. But yeah, it was, it's incredible. They just love Lando. That's great. I mean, we agree here on this podcast. Yeah, uh, I know. Well, I always thought that we were kind of like the exception, right? Like, obviously, he's very well liked, but I always thought that we were, you know, I guess, I don't know, he was a rookie. for. It felt like he was a rookie for so long that, like, I, I think in the last, definitely this season, he just keeps proving himself and he's really gaining a huge following and everyone just wants to support him. I think it's because he's a good guy, right? Yeah, he just seems like a pretty nice level-headed dude and so and he's doing really well and you can watch him improve and improve and when things don't go his way necessarily, he handles it very graciously and yeah, I feel like that's an easy way to win over a lot of people. 
I feel sorry for the listeners because I feel like this has just become an I Love Lando podcast <laughs> where we just talk about how amazing he is. But it, even in qualifying, when he was, oh, he said it a few times over the weekend. I, I think he likes to reuse his jokes, but how he said that the orange was for McLaren and not for the Dutch. So he was half right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It might be the, uh, the second tier. Okay, so the race. What a race. Oh, my goodness. I obviously haven't seen it from a television perspective. I haven't heard any commentary or anything. So what I'm reviewing it off is based off what I saw. And obviously my opinion is going to be a little bit different maybe to yours. But, like, what are your thoughts? Um, well, there was a lot happening the whole race. I thought they were giving out penalties left and right like candy. I mean, it was just... <laughs> I don't know if all of them were necessarily justified. I think it there was some discussion back and forth about how the drivers had asked for a little bit more space to just really race. Um, and this time it sounded like they were not giving the drivers that space. It, sounded, it seemed as though uh, certain penalties that were given out um, were potentially things that were not the fault of either driver, but just the fact of racing. Um, it then seemed like they had to be either fair or just consistent with the calling. So everybody was getting, getting a penalty left and right. And and for odd things as well, like Sonoda got two for just not getting in between the white lines when, when entering the pit lane, which you would think he like, but I understand it's his rookie year, but also like you race this track last week and it didn't happen. So yeah, what, what happened there? It was funny how mistakes were being made more than once by the same driver. And prior to F1, Yuki has driven that track before. It's not like this was his first time. Yeah. That's happened a couple times. It happened with Perez and with Sonoda. I have a controversial, uh, controversial opinion about um, particularly the penalties that uh, Norris and Perez got. I personally, when I saw Lando with Perez and he got the five-second penalty for um, pushing him off track, I personally don't – I think that was racing. I personally felt like Lando followed his natural line and I think, um, you know, he wasn't going to – he didn't go in that direction just to push Perez off or, you know, into the gravel. I think he was following his natural racing line whether he was getting overtaken or not. Um, Perez and Leclerc have, have a different opinion about, and I think that Perez has even admitted guilt in this because he's come out and said, basically, that's not like the way he likes to drive. I personally think he was driving a little bit dirty. I think that he was kind of pushing Leclerc off purposely. And especially when it's just happened to you and you know that there's been a five second penalty given to Norris, which I'm sure he would have known. I'm sure his, you know, race engineers would have told him that. Um, but for me, I think it was like, it's like he thought it was Dodgem cars. Like he bumped Leclerc twice the first time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think he was following the natural line. I think he purposely, you know, kind of cut him off. That's how I saw it. But I would agree with that. And I think that especially in the Norris Perez case, Norris was ahead. So he was following the racing line and Perez was not overtaking him. So that was just racing. Um, yeah. And uh, with Perez, I can't remember if it was the first or the second with Leclerc, but one of them definitely, Leclerc, was ahead of him and was in the process of overtaking him when Perez steered into him. So yeah. that was definitely 
a bit dirty. And, and, um, yeah, I, I think I would agree. And I think, uh, I was watching on television, not the benefit of being there. And it sounded like the commentators had the same, same feeling. Yeah. That's interesting to hear actually. By the way, do you call them Dodgem cars? What do you call them? Bumper cars. Oh, okay. But you knew what I was talking about. (laughs) I don't know if that's an Australian. I'm really, it's so funny when people speak one language, which is English, but still, you know, anyway. Um, Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit disappointed. I don't have very strong feelings about Perez ever, really. Like, obviously, I want him to do well. He seems like a really, you know, good person, good driver. But, yeah, I was unimpressed with his uh, driving over the weekend, I must say. And to be honest, it's unfortunate because then if if you compare it to, like, Daniel Ricciardo, who actually drove brilliantly on Sunday, pretty poor qualifying but fantastic, made up amazing amounts of spots, And from my point of view, when you can see the gaps, um, I thought he just drove like amazingly. And we all know that obviously I'm a McLaren fan, but I just mean that really impartially. I just think he genuinely was a really good driver. But unfortunately, I think just Perez really, I don't know, it kind of messed it up. It kind of messed it up for Ricardo. and, And I think Ricardo actually would have finished much higher had those and and Norris would have finished higher. There's no doubt in my mind that he if he wasn't given that penalty, and that's not Perez's fault necessarily um, that Norris didn't finish higher. But that penalty in my mind was not fair. Yeah, I don't think it was either. But well done, Lando, that you got this penalty and still managed a podium. Like should be really proud. I think that's very exciting. And you could hear he was disappointed on his radio, but was still very grateful to be on a podium and seemed to really enjoy it and be excited about it. So I think, I think that's great. The fact that he still finished on a podium is just showing the skill that, that he, that he has. He's just such an amazing driver. And I think slowly, slowly, as I said, I think people are really realizing that. I think they're realizing he, how much skill he possesses um, and he, will, I, I've said it, I think probably before, and I, I've said I don't want to jinx it, but he will be world champion one day. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was, uh, it was nice to see him up at the front battling Mercedes, battling um, Red Bulls in uh, in a real way, and really holding holding Lewis off there for a while, and and Lewis coming on saying, you know, he's such a great driver as he's passing him, but, you know, that he held See, him ob- for about 20 laps or so. <laughs> See, I obviously haven't heard. I, I saw later that Lewis had said that about Lando, but, like, that's amazing. You know, you've got a seven-time world champ saying how much of an amazing driver he was, and the fact that he did overtake Hamilton – and, you know, he was on Bottas's tail in the end. You know, he was racing them and he was, ra- like, he was driving them hard. And I think he is a threat that they definitely did not see coming. Yeah, yeah. And if they, and I think maybe with a couple more laps to go, he probably, with that same pace, could have caught uh, Bottas because he was running around laps around the same time as him. And that would have, I mean, that's... Just amazing. I think that's great. And I think there were some really interesting races down the grid as well. Like there was all obviously all of the uh, Ferrari, Red Bull back and forth. And then Mm -hmm. first Leclerc, then Sainz chasing down Ricardo. Um, 
Russell, Russell fighting with Alonzo to be yes. um, into the points. Obviously, Alonzo got him in the end, but he really put up a great fight after finishing, uh, what was it, Saturday on in P8, starting Sunday P8, which is yeah. like wonderful for him. I know. it's it's And I agree with you. George is, uh, and I think I mentioned it last week as well. Was it last week? Anyway, one, one race review, I remember saying that he is slowly – excelling and doing really well and we haven't really paid attention but I I heard that Alonso was like when I saw that it was George that I was overtaking I thought no anyone but him because he just wanted him to you know get in the points he's like oh I know that he's got like quite a soft spot for George Russell and it was like you know George has to be really proud because Williams haven't really been that far up you know the the grid in so long and he's he's really doing well and you know someone asked him on the weekend uh, in one of the live interviews whether it was him or the car and he he you know as if he's gonna say it's him he said the team's worked really hard on the car and um it, it's just gone to show but yeah he was great what a great driver and I agree with you the battles there were so many good battles and it was hard it, it's funny because obviously you don't get a time when you're watching live you can only see you know, we don't have a timing tower, as Sky Sports call it. You only have, like, the leaderboard, so you can only see who's in which position. And the only way I was measuring time is, like, obviously you can't count because it's, like, they're so fast. The only way I was trying to figure out how far apart they were or how big the gap was was because I was in a DRS zone. I was, like, are their wings open or not? Are the tails open or not? Because that was giving me, like, Okay, they're under a second if they're if you know the rear tail's open, but yeah. So I had no idea timing, and I have to say, even though it's amazing to see a race live, like the stats and the information you get from watching it on television is so much better. <laughs> because I like in the end, even with Perez's two penalties, I couldn't figure out why Ricardo still ended up seventh because I didn't know how far behind he was. So in my mind, he wasn't 10 seconds apart from Perez, but apparently he was. So, I mean, disappointing, but because I thought for sure he, he would end up sixth mm. at, at, the, at the most. So, yeah, yeah. and it, disappointing that obviously Sainz got him in like the last lap. <laughs> yeah, but Sainz, what a race. He just managed to go long on those tires, had the freshest set of tires of anybody on the grid and just – plowed through backup. Um I, I don't think Ricardo held him off, but I don't think he could have held him held Yeah. Off. It was a bit sad because you could see obviously Ricardo's pace deteriorating a lot towards the end. One mm. thing that annoyed me slightly, and I, I love here Gasly, you know I do, but like <laughs> it was evident that he needed to pit for a second time. It was so evident. And it annoyed me that he held up Ricardo Leclerc. You know, he held up the grid behind him, basically Perez, I think, was there too at the time. It really annoyed me <laughs> because I was like, just pit. You need to pit. Like, let these cars go. But I understand why he was out and, like, pushing, but it still it was really fucking annoying. Yeah. I just swore. <laughs> Going to have to put an explicit thing on my uh, podcast episode now. 
the I will say though that like even though Max was so far ahead, he drove such a clean race for himself. He was out in clean air and he was um I mean managed to get another pit stop in and not lose any grid places to really secure that fastest lap. I mean, I don't think he technically needed to, but uh but really made that work for himself. There was a moment there where I think uh Four or five different people took fastest lap, and then he just took it right back. It was all very quick, back and forth. Um, so I think he would have held on to that anyway. But the fans seemed to be losing their minds at Max's win, and he seemed very happy about it, seemed very calm, uh, was like really running his own race there for the majority of it. Yeah, he did a bit of a Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I think even he was shocked. I think even Max was like, what What just happened? Like, basically, he was just so far ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he really was. Now, just jumping back a little bit to qualifying. So Lando was so close to getting pole. It was insane. What was it? Under half a second? Yeah. It was, I think it was 0.4 something. It was crazy. Eight. Crazy. And I just think, like, imagine if he got pole. Can you imagine? <laughs> Um, I was not able to watch qualifying um, this weekend and keeping up with it and trying to figure out on social media and looking at the news and checking in with you to see what happened when when Lando was P2. There was a lot of scrambling on my part to figure out what happened. How close (laughs) was he? What was going on? Where were the Mercedes? (laughs) It's incredible. I mean, I think after shutdown, so after the summer break, I think Mercedes are going to come back. I mean, I know technically they're not supposed to work in that time, but I, I think they're, they're going to have to go away and really figure out what's going on because it's they can't afford it now. I think it's so – I mean, no one wants to say that Red Bull are going to win this championship, and obviously anything can still happen. I know that. But it's like, gosh, what's that, five consecutive wins in a row? Yeah, I don't know what Mercedes are going to do. Again, and I said it last week, I'll be disappointed if Lewis doesn't get his eighth, but, you know, but I guess it's racing. Yeah, and he's just signed on for two more years, and so he's not he's not done yet. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. And, I mean, he did have a little bit of damage to his car, which is this uh, weekend, which is part of the reason why I think he was sliding back from... I mean, yes, but we've also seen him drive with three wheels, so, you know... <laughs> Like, I think Mercedes are definitely using that as a like, but he had damage. That's why he didn't perform as well. It's like, well, of course you're going to say that. I mean, granted, I'm sure it probably did affect his race, but, you know, as if they're going to be like, yeah, he's, you know, we're just not doing well. <laughs> Although they're pretty, they're pretty, um, I don't know if humble's the word, uh, but they, they never, ever shy away from the fact that they're not doing well. They accept it and they always say that, you know, we're going to do what we can and, so, I mean, Mercedes as a team never pl- play the blame game or anything like that, in my opinion, of course, always in my opinion, but yeah. Yeah, they seem to be pretty honest and um, understand the reality of what's going on, regardless of, of whether it's good for them or bad for them. Yeah. Once again, I think Austria was one of the best races I've seen. It was, I just love this track. There's something about it. Yeah really gets I mean we saw it with all the penalties it was everyone was a little bit all over the place this time but I wonder if it is something to do with the track because we did see a lot of overtaking last week and 
Um, maybe it is what you're talking about, that it is a bit of a shorter track. And so cars can stay relatively close and can have battles back and forth and race wheel to wheel. But, um, but it's a good time from, from the outside looking in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, and, and just from now having been to obviously Monaco earlier this year and now like Austria to compare the two, there's just, there really is no comparison. It is such an amazing, like Monaco is Monaco. Like you will never compete with Monaco because it is the track in my mind. But I tell you this, and obviously I'm going to keep comparing them the more I go to and the more experiences I get to have. But um, Austria is just fantastic. It is a great track. And as we've both said earlier, it's one of our favorites when we watch it on TV. But even just seeing it live is just, it, it's a spectacular thing. That's great. And what a race. Seven penalties, seven five second penalties, was it handed out in total? Yeah, 11 people were called to the stewards. My God. 11, yeah, after the race. That was crazy. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even mention the fact that Raikkonen and Vettel crashed on the last lap. Okay, so I actually didn't see this because I was distracted with everything else. But it happened on, was it on turn five that it, it happened? Yeah, it happened coming out of turn five and it uh, it looked pretty clean. And then I think Raikkonen just didn't even realize he was there and was turning back onto the track and both of them just went spinning out into the gravel. And did Raikkonen get penalized for that? Um, I think think so. I think so. I mean, they ended, what, 15th and 17th. So they were battling for 12th. I mean, they were out of the points and here are two ex-teammates champions. And um. <laughs> I wish I could hear the radio for Raikkonen on that. <laughs> I would have, I would have loved, I would have loved to have heard the radio. I would have loved to have been the person on the other end. I mean, I don't know, cause he probably would have been yelling at me if I was on the other end, but um, I just would have loved to have heard that radio. Gosh. So they had a yellow flag, what, in the second sector right on the last lap, and then I don't know if that bunched some people up behind them. But Oh, my gosh. That's Speaking of yellow flags, we didn't even talk about Ocon. <laughs> so Ocon was the only one that obviously did not finish, so a DNF, um, which I really, you know, I was thinking about it yesterday when I saw, you know, that he didn't finish, and I really feel for him. I don't know why. I just always want Ocon to do well. I mean, it sounds like I want them all to do well, which most majority of the people that are racing, I do want them to do well. There's a few. I won't mention names. We obviously know I have my favorites, but, you know, and my unfavorites. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I always want I always want him to do well. So it, it's been a bad couple of races for him. Yeah, so, I think you're ready. Now, just before we go, did you get a chance to watch W Series? I did. I got to watch the race, um, and I have to say, I you I don't really realize how fast F1 cars are going until you watch other cars, and they're going <laughs> not nearly as fast. Um, but the this was still like a, a really fun, wonderful race to watch. And it was, um, it was interesting to see like different people being in what I think was termed a more predictable um, order. Whereas last week it was like uh, jumbled up a bit, but to have Jamie Tadwick back, back in front. Um, and it was so nice to listen to it with I mean, I know you were there and watching it live, but it was nice to listen to it with similar commentators that do F1 and 
have them talk about the race in very, very similar terms. And I have to say, I am um, both surprised and also uh, and also not. I'm surprised because I would be nervous that people would speak about women's sports differently than they would speak about men's sports. And I was very pleasantly surprised to hear that that was not the case. And they were just treating them like athletes, which I am, um, I'm very pleased by. Yeah, no, it was good to watch. Um, obviously, Sarah Moore, who's a friend of the shows, um, did really well. She made some great pace and really battled. It was really good to see her actually drive live. Um, for me, it's like uh, almost like a, uh, you know, I don't know. It's always nice to see people doing well that you you have had an interaction with that you know that you you're friendly with. But just seeing women race is just amazing, and and it's an incredible feeling as a woman watching. Um, obviously, a lot of people left between the finish of quali and uh, the race, but I'm really impressed with how many people stayed to watch. To be honest, the numbers were much higher than I was expecting. So I don't know if they were staying for F3 after, but I don't care. I'm going to take it as a win for the W Series. That's I my think, that's my thought process. <laughs> I think it's great. And I think that's part of um, one of the wonderful things of having them be a support race is that there will be people that just happen to stay, not really knowing what they're watching and then getting hooked. Or the fact that it's televised and people know that it comes right after qualifying. I, I think that will drum up some excitement for them because they race really well and it's uh and it's so good to see three women on a podium it's just so good yeah. to see and Annie Bradshaw who um is obviously dealing she's done 50 years within motorsport um she was celebrating that on Saturday so she joined them on the uh podium which was so good but one thing that I noticed was like um, Jamie Chadwick had a bit of a Lewis Hamilton moment where she was just so far in front, like it was just her own race. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things they do to keep it fair is each week they actually change the motors in the car. So they swap around the motors to keep it uh, consistent and fair for all of the women. I think it might be only with the podium finishes, so the top three. I think they then swap out their motors. So it's it's actually a championship where you will not know who's going to do well each week because it's going to change every time. Um, so that I mean that's interesting in itself, but it's it's not predictable at all that's who's going to win or who's going to do well. That's really an interesting tactic because I thought that they all had the same car, but interesting that they switch around the motor. So I'm not sure if it's slightly different this year because they have teams as where they didn't have that in the first season. Um, I would like to know more, and if to any of the listeners that have any more experience in this, please get in touch um, because I would love to hear more about this. And I want to start speaking more about the W Series. Obviously, that's part of what we're doing, but I don't know enough about it. And, um, you know, I try and tie it in with our race review at the moment, but hopefully next year maybe I'll be doing, you know, their own race reviews if I have the time. <laughs> Yeah, no, that'd be great. That'd be great. And it'd be wonderful. I know you've had some um had some W series drivers uh on the pod, friends at the pod, but um it'd be great to talk to some more people involved. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Well what a great weekend. It was a fantastic race. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was a July 4th race for all you Americans out there. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have to try and get some more American fans in now that they're having a race in Miami. Yeah, I mean, they also, there's a race in Austin, so there's yep. a couple uh, there, and there is an American W Series driver, Saber. Yes, Saber. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say her name, Saber. <laughs> Probably saying it wrong. I don't know. Sabra? I don't Sabra? know. Cook. Last name. Cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's important. And in fact, we should learn her name because we should know their names so we can, you know, hype yeah. them up and talk them up. Apologies. We will get it right next time. Definitely. All right. Well, thanks so much, Isabel. And thanks to all the listeners for listening. Um, we're going to do another race review, uh, hopefully, for Silverstone. I mean, it just depends, really. 